The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another edition of the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator. We're glad you're here today. We truly love partnering with the Chamber, Evergy, powered by Evergy, and we truly love uh, listening to the stories of our small business folks. Uh, they are the backbone of our community, and we just want to hear another story by another organization that everybody knows. That's correct, Don. I'm, I'm excited because what better way is there to really nurture community, right, than to support local business and entrepreneurs and hear their story. With that, we have an exciting guest today, and it's Clint Cornejo with All Metal Recycling. Clint, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got started in the business. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, so how I got started in the business, I... Uh, the business actually started in 1952 with my grandfather, uh, the construction company. And um, obviously, my dad was one of five sons who grew that business um, and sold it in 2010. Um, aggregates, asphalt, sand quarries, concrete, all that work. Um, scrap was always in their blood from the demolition days. And um, they've always had an interest in it and never did until 2009 when they bought castor iron and metal. And um, when Morris Castor passed away, they bought that from his wife. And it was kind of just a, a side business for him that never really paid a lot of attention to it or put a lot of focus on, in, into the business um, until 2012 when they bought Cayman Iron and Metal, which is where we are at today. And that's when I started. Um, I was on a concrete crew in Hutchinson. Um, in the middle of the week, my dad said that him and Ron purchased a, another scrapyard and I should give it a shot. Um, at that time I knew how to run equipment and I could clean stuff up and that's what I did. I went into the junkyard that day and started cleaning it up and then eventually learned how to buy aluminum cans and scrap over the scales and, and, you know, grew it to what it is today with the help of them and, and obviously some key employees of ours. So, um, that's kind of the, the, the backstory of us. Very nice. Yes. So you, have uh, been working with the family since you were just you know, knee high, I mm -hmm. imagine. Pretty much, pretty much going to work on Saturdays with, with my dad and my cousins and um, more so just, just messing around than, than actually working until we got to the age where we could. Um, um, you know, I, one thing I forgot to mention too was, um, you know, gr growing up, my dad and his parents, it was always work, not, not very much sports, extracurricular activities. So my dad recognized that and gave us the opportunity to do those things. Uh, but if we weren't playing sports or weren't in school, it, it was work. So 
um, summers, high school, college. That's what we were doing was working. And uh, that's what intrigued me to get in the, in the family business and where we're at today. So That's wonderful. Yeah. Could you tell us something, you know, unique that people might not know about your business? Yeah, I mean, metal recycling, you, you, you know, I didn't know a lick about it. You know, I'd never been to a scrapyard before I started there. Uh, you know, where do you take your pop cans? Where does a, a car go to be recycled? Where do mm-hmm. all these manufacturers around town get rid of their scrap? And, and that's us. Um, you know, our, our model at the beginning was, you know, more focused on the general public, you know, buying your appliances and a yard cleanup or your aluminum cans. That was probably 80% of our business when we started. 20% was industrial, and now it's totally flip-flop. We're probably 90% volume-based of manufacturing and 10% volume-based of just the general public bringing scrap in on a, on a Saturday or, or doing a farm cleanup or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of our, our messages as, as a company is who is all metal, what do they do? And once people come to our yard and, and see kind of the, the cleanliness of it and just how we operate, and, and, you know, where can they drop off cans and recycle something that, you know, they don't even care to get money for, but they end up leaving with a few bucks in their pocket. Um, it's always nice. It is. It is. And it's always fun showing new people around and just, you know, they bring their kids in and they see a car get grabbed by the the claw and thrown up in the pile. And it's, it's always fun giving tours. And, and that's what I enjoy most about it, I guess, too. So I love that. I yeah. need to come by for a tour. You should. I I especially the car shredder. We have a car shredder um, that we purchased through acquisition last October. Uh, So you see cars, appliances, everything get thrown in the mix and it comes out in a thousand little pieces that can fit in your hands. So, and it separates the aluminum and the coppers and the other non-metallic metals and and things like that. So it's a very eye opening for people to see. And I get to Mm -hmm. get to go play in it every day. So I'm, I'm blessed, blessed to, blessed to say that. So. I say, and what's really fascinating about that is that, you know, as a kid, I remember, you know, like my great uncles and going, you know, from the farm, taking all their stuff, going out to Uh recycle and uh, the aluminum cans as a kid, grabbing those and be like, hey, you know, can you take these down there and I can get my $5 and get candy, you know, so now that's that's shifted in your business from the, the us as individuals coming in and it's gone to the industrial mm-hmm. what what year did that happen like do you remember what time frame you know it just kind of evolved i'd say probably five years ago we really put an emphasis on 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 the manufacturing sector business if you will um it was really the next step if you wanted to to grow outside of our bubble if you will um you know, that's not to say we lose focus of the general mm-hmm. public and that foot traffic. Um, we realize that's what got us to this point and just that that personal touch, if you will. Um, you know, a, a lot of companies that grow to five or six locations and, uh, you know, have that sporadic growth, only focus on volume, lose that sense of touch. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of makes us unique. Growing up, uh, my dad tells stories of he'd go downtown to the old Allen Bogue yard or Bernie Novick yard, which we've uh, acquired over the years. And just that relationship you have just to go sit down at the owner's desk and the, the old boy mentality, uh, you don't see it too often anymore. And I think that's what we try to try to try to keep at all of our locations. So. So was it your idea to make that shift? Yeah. I knew uh, it. I felt I mean, it deep down. Oh. Uh, <laughs> 
we're young, we're hungry, and we're always, you know, trying to find new opportunity. And I think, uh, uh, you know, I definitely have uh, a lot to do with the growth, but, mm -hmm. you know, also just the opportunity given by, by our parents, you know, to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they kind of let us run with it, make our own mistakes, learn from them, talk about them don't make them again type of thing. Right, so. right. They empower you yeah. um, to do that. And yeah. So how do you market to the industrial side? Is It, it has to be quite different than... Uh, it is. You'll see a lot of bright orange containers and orange trucks around town and mm -hmm. trailers. And, you know, we use a lot of that as just to get the word out. Um, a lot of it is referrals and word of mouth. Um, our goal from day one, dating back to when I started, it was, you know, we got to change the image of the industry. The scrap metal recycling business had a black eye. Um, you know, people get ripped off on the scale, not getting paid. There was no detailed transaction list of what you brought in from yesterday to last year. So we really brought that to the manufacturing side of the business of, okay, how can I go into account and sell myself and look different from the competition? You know, we, we take pictures of all the scales of material that's on there when we buy it. Uh, I can go back and look at Don Sherman's history of what he brought in last year and how much money we paid him out. So. Mm -hmm. To have that transparency and sit down at a table in a meeting at the end of the year with a, a company or an owner of a business and say, here's here's the revenue we've generated um, or you've generated off your scrap. And, uh, you know, here's what we paid price per pound. We tied it to an index or whatever it may be. It's all transparent and out there. So I think between that and the cleanliness of our facilities and, and getting people to tour our facilities is how, you know, um, we market. Obviously, Chamber um any involvement we can do small business organizations things like that so copper hmm. how do you deal with the criminal element that steal copper from folks's houses mm -hmm. uh, electrical infrastructures yeah. <laughs> yeah things like that how do you how do you deal with that i mean you know I don't want to say you judge people, but you know when someone's bringing in something stolen. You okay. just, you, if I'm on the scale working this, go, I just have an idea. Where, where'd you get this brand new wire or this air conditioner with, you know, you, you know, something doesn't, doesn't smell right here. But, mm -hmm. you know, we work with law enforcement. Um, yep. Obviously, um, if you're bringing in any any item, whether it's copper or aluminum, we're required to take your, your description of your car, your tag number, and your ID. So you can't. We're not buying anything except for aluminum pop cans without an ID. Um, a lot of the times, even if we suspect that something might be stolen, the police department will say buy it. Um, that way you have record of it. We have camera footage, obviously, of them on the scale and in our offices and getting paid and whatever it may be. So when that transaction happens, you know, we might call them and say, hey, I have you know, suspicious material. Or they'll be looking for something you know, the following day or the following week. And they might find it in our warehouse um, or we'll report it to them and they'll be able to snatch the guy that took it. Mm -hmm. You know, the unfortunate thing is it's going to cost somebody thousands of dollars <laughs> to repair their AC unit. And that guy's only getting $20 worth of scrap, you know. So it does definitely does not offset the hassle or the money. But, um, you know, unfortunately... We've been able to work with the local law enforcement and the state at a level to where we can adjust these rules and regulations um, on things like that. Unfortunately, you know, I don't think you'll ever be able to stop it. Yeah. But, you know, if, if they enforce these rules and, 
and, and lock these guys up for a certain period of time, then hopefully that'll, you know, slow it down. And I asked that question. One, I wanted you to share that you do work with law enforcement mm-hmm. to uh, try to make things happen. And, but I also wanted it to be a public service announcement. If you have stolen copper, don't, don't come up in Corneo's place right <laughs> don't come up in here unless nope. you want to get busted i mean <laughs> yeah. don't do it I mean, yeah and, and that's that's the direction it's going if, if you're gonna have a scrapyard here in kansas you have to they require now uh pictures on the scale mm-hmm. so if i press a button to capture the weight it's going to take a picture of the scale your picture is going to be recorded all that stuff so uh it's it's a work in progress but i hope you know here in the next few months 2021 anyways it'll it'll be uh It'll be up and running good as far as all the reporting and database goes. So Excellent. We appreciate you folks being a leader on that. Of course, we, uh, our customers, of course, get hit with their air conditioners and things on yeah. copper. But some of our infrastructure folks who are brave enough to go up yeah. to an electrical infrastructure and steal copper, you know, it's just um, it's amazing to me, you know. And uh, so I'm glad you're leading the, leading the way on Thank that. You. And, and Wichita Police Department, we've worked with them, and they've told us that you're leaders. So that's a, that's a good thing. What do you believe that your business solves? Solutions, just especially for for the industrial business that we do. Uh, we're more than just a, a guy to call to pick up your, your scrap you throw in your container. We we do more than that. We try to go into these plants and, and work with them on different ideas, you know, whether it's sizing the material different to make more money, segregating um, you know, your aluminums or what have you to, to generate more revenue. Um, we'll do demolition projects, strategic clean out projects. Um, I don't want to say we're a millwright company by any means, but we'll go in and move machines for them that they're scrapping out. Um, and hopefully the scrap price will offset the, the labor involved. Whereas most companies that do that, you know, you're going to charge you time and labor to remove something. So we'll go in and try to be a one-stop shop for these guys and, and um, you know, whether it be taking their trash off their hands or whatever it may be. Um, if, they, if they can call all metal, there's very few things that we'll say no to to help them out. Um, with our with our background in construction, we've gone in and done some concrete slabs here and there or built some overhangs for them to keep them environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, coolants running off into the ditch or anything that may be off their CNC machines and things like that. So. Any any request that our customers have, whether it be from scrap to construction to helping them, hey, I need some help with this, you know, I'm going to call Clint or, or someone from All Metal to see if they can come. That's neat. Lend me a hand or just a, a word of advice, maybe. So uh, really those relationships we have is, is, what, is what's fun about it. So, What makes uh, Corneo stand out from the other competitors in your, in your space? Uh, I, I think it's our transparency. And, and how we share information with our customers and data that they that they have. Um, you know, we're going to go into your shop and say, hey, you're losing money if you're doing it this way. Let us help you, um, you know, upgrade some of your some of your scrap product lines and, and generate more revenue for you. And I think that's too, w- when they see that, they realize you're a long-term partner and you're steering them down the right road because you have the best interest for them. And, you know, you know with the Cornejo name, uh, for my grandfather when he started it's it's a reputation you got to withhold and um keeping that you know integrity and that name uh at the high standard is you know something i always think about so and like if it. i missed it earlier i apologize but 
when you guys purchase AMR, was it a strategic purchase because it augments the rest of the Corneo yeah. enterprise, or so how did that work? When they first the the first acquisition they did was of Caster Iron and Metal. Okay. Morris Caster uh, was a demolition guy that uh, my dad and my uncle knew working with them in the construction business. They do roads and pavement and aggregate for them and they would take a scrap to them you know back before they bought the company um that was in 2009 they bought caster iron metal uh, he passed away they mm -hmm. bought it from his wife and that was really they've always known scrap because they always done demolition projects and uh they've always wanted to get in the business they didn't know i don't want to say they didn't know how to but that wasn't their focus at the time it was on the the asphalt and the concrete business and, and the aggregate side of things. So when that opportunity came up, they jumped on it. They weren't uh, focused on it day to day. Um, so when they bought the Cayman uh, yard in 2012, and my cousin Colby and I, who were you know partners in this deal, um, that was our bread and butter. That was our baby to take care of, and we recognized that and. Uh, you know, focused on it more day to day. And that's how we've grown it to what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Severe weather. Whether it's hail, wind, rain, or snow, storms can cause damages, inconveniences, and sometimes even power outages. At Evergy, we're committed to providing safe, reliable energy. And in the event of an outage, our linemen work tirelessly to restore your power as quickly and as safely as possible. And with tools like our outage map and real-time updates, we're with you every step of the way. Visit Evergy.com slash stay safe to learn more. As a convener of people and ideas, the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce continues to extend our reach and maximize our efforts to provide the best possible business environment in our region. Your partnership is imperative for accelerating business success. We invite you to visit wichitachamber.org to learn more about the benefits of membership and become involved with our efforts to provide success for our members, leadership for our community, and prosperity for our region. Visit wichitachamber.org and follow us on your favorite social media platform. Family-owned business. How did you know this is where you wanted to be? I mean, because a lot of folks, they go off and do something else, then they come back to the family. Some folks don't leave the family. They just roll right into it. What, mm -hmm. how did you, what did you do, and how did you know it was for you? Since I was probably six, seven years old, I'd go to work you, every Saturday. With my, any Saturday I could go to work with him, and we would take the golf carts out in the stone yard and drive around and honestly okay. be more of a headache for them than anything, but... <laughs> Just being around it and and seeing the things they do and and the the people they they be around the relationships they had, that that was what's intriguing to me. And I I can't sit behind a desk all day. That's not who I am. Uh, I knew I wanted to finish school and, and go to work for the family business. Uh, you know, just so happened that the the construction deal was you know uh, wasn't any op ownership opportunity, and um, this deal kind of happened and i knew wichita was home it's always mm -hmm. been home i always wanted to move back here i uh, had no plans or intention to go to kansas city or dallas or denver or, or any place like that um you know a, a lot of my friends from school uh ended up moving back here two or three years after they graduated because they realized you know there's a lot of opportunity here in wichita mm -hmm. uh, long 
long relationships, a lot of people that you continue to know do business here and more opportunity here and things like that. So I knew I wanted to be here to know exactly what. And I knew if, uh, you know, Corneo and Sons Construction opportunity wasn't there that I'd want to start something of my own. And, you know, luckily they gave me the chance to do this. And I'd, I don't ever see me stopping. I mean, it's just in your blood now. And yeah. most guys I talk to over all over the country, they say, once you get in the scrap business, you're never going to leave. So... And it's true, huh? It, I think so. At least it so far true. it is. I'm, I haven't been doing it too long, but I, I think it's in my blood now. No going back. So. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Because you guys are the area's leader in metal recycling, right? And you've had a number of successes in which you've kind of described so far today and a number of acquisitions. Mm-hmm. How many acquisitions have you had so far? God, off the top of my head, I'm going to say... Probably eight to ten. Eight to ten. Eight to ten. A lot of those maybe might have been like a consolidation or we closed the location down just to gain some market share. Um, but I can list some of the, some of the, the notable ones. Obviously, the, the caster and Cayman Yards where we're at today. Um, then we went to Newton and bought the yard up in Newton from mm-hmm. a guy who was going to retire. Um, then shortly after that, when we bought a company called SOS Metals, I was based out of California. Uh, they closed up shop here, and we bought the assets from their company, and that's what really catapulted our um, business into the aerospace sector. Uh, they specialized in, uh, you know, aluminums, high temp alloys, titaniums, and things like that. Um, so once we bought that company, it, it really got us into a lot of these machine shops in town and gave us the knowledge and capability to to learn that part of the business. So there was that one, and then. Uh, Kelly Salvage in Harper, Kansas, um, and then Glickman Metal Recycling this past year. That last year? Or yeah. This year? Yeah, uh, I remember that October one. There was a big story on that. Year. Yeah. And and that one was, an, uh, you know, that got us the auto shredders where we can shred cars and appliances and upgrade some ferrous scrap. So um, in between there, there's been a couple other yards that we've purchased um, just, just to kind of consolidate the market and have better – better market share and things like that. So, mm-hmm. And with all of that success and the acquisitions, what would you describe as your company's latest major success? And how did you make it happen? Our latest major success is, is definitely the auto shredder in the, in the Glickman acquisition. Um, there's only two, two shredders in the state of Kansas. And there's, there's two in Kansas City, one on the Kansas side, one on the Missouri side. And we have the other one. The, the location that we're at was the first shredder in Kansas. And um, a lot of history in that yard. Milton Glickman, uh, Dan Glickman was his son that mm-hmm. you know, is, is obviously a, a political figure still. Um, so just, just the history of that yard and the stories that come with it. And, um, you know, to be able to carry on that legacy here in Wichita is pretty special. Uh, when you talk about Bernie Novick, Milton Glickman, Harry Bogue, and and to have those relationships from you know my dad and my uncle, and then move them on to us, it's it's, it's kind of cool to think about because these guys we still talk to, you know, Jr. Customs of the world, George mm-hmm. Martinez, he can tell you stories of those guys he's dealt with. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's pretty special to, to 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 hear those things. Now, a lot's changed since then. You know, I'm. I'm not going to have a, a weapon on the, on the desk when you walk in or a lot of cash to hand out because things are a little different right, now, but right. it's still that, 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 um, that small business family feel. And, and like I said before, that's, that's the, the special thing about it. So, that, yeah, that's, 
that's amazing. That's yeah. remarkable. Yeah. Um, and and speaking of that, like, um, is this something that you want to continue uh, with your legacy and your your kids? That's the plan. Um, don't have kids yet. Working on that. Hopefully soon. But um, you know the op- the opportunities is endless if you want to put the work in. And and we're still we're still growing. I don't think we'll ever stop growing. I think it's just you know the, the day you stop growing or looking for opportunity is when when you lose interest or, you know, your employees lose interest and things like that. So just keeping the fire alive and, you know, want, wanting to build a legacy of it, I think is something that we always, always strive to do. So um, that's years down the road, but I've, I've, I can't say it hasn't crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So we've talked a lot about your successes. Let's talk about some of the challenges, right? Mm-hmm. In particular, um, do you can you describe to us what has been like a, a challenge to overcome in the last um, two years or so? Yeah, um, it's hard to pinpoint the challenges because they, they they come up. I don't want to say all the time, but it, it could be something so small, nothing major. You're always going to have you know the operational challenges, whether it's equipment issues or you know, growing pains or, you know, you, you can't sign this account up right away. We don't have the assets or we're not capable of it. We always we always tell guys we want to, you know, crawl before we walk and we don't want to get into something that we can't handle uh, to do things 100% and do them right. So, you know, you know, one of the challenges that I, I am constantly doing is reviewing our roster and, and, and more of a, trying to find good people. Mm-hmm. And without, without our people, you you know, like I said, we're always looking to grow and have opportunity without good people to, to take the reins and, you know, operate this location or, or do this position, then, then you can't grow. So always looking to, you know, how, how can we not go out and, and find the best people for the job, but also grow, grow our people from within and, right. and give them the, the tools and, the, and the, the things they need to succeed. So, you know, I'd say that's one of the biggest challenges. How do you keep it inter- interesting? How do you keep them motivated? Yeah. And that's, I, I like doing that stuff, but it is, I'm not, I'm not one to go read a, a bunch of books and, oh, follow this guy. Then, oh, maybe read what this guy does, but just take <laughs> bits and pieces from things you hear, you know, whether it's listening to a podcast or reading the magazine or, you know, an editorial in the journal or the, or the newspaper and just, you know, post those things and share those things with your team and, and, and make sure they're relatable, I guess. So mm-hmm. um, I'd say that'd be one of the bigger challenges that there is. That's interesting to me because, uh, and I don't know if it's the same in your industry, but when you think about Evergy, right, one of the things that we, uh, when we were Legacy Westar, had to overcome was um, telling our story of the types of jobs that are available at a major corporation. A lot of times when you think of Evergy, you just think of the linemen, right? Yeah. But it's, there's more to it. There's more of a story. So with your business, you're looking for all these different types of employees who would do well. What What are some of those types of jobs and what do you look yeah. for in an employee? What, what are some of the things that you have available? You know, you got to have skilled labor um, to be an equipment operator, um, you know, you got to have customer service skills. If some, you know, you're buying on the scale, you got to be able to, it's very niche. You got to be able to know your, your scrap materials, whether it's copper, brass, or different types of aluminums and how to grade it properly and, and how to process it. So a lot of it goes into training. You're going to put in, a, you know, at least a month's worth of training in the employee of how to buy on the scale and hopefully they work out. So, you know, I always tell myself, if someone's going to walk in with a good attitude, 
they'll learn they'll learn anything mm-hmm. i don't care what it is whether it's how to pay somebody or whether it's how to operate a machine so um if, if you know if i had to give someone advice on on how to hire it definitely be just based on attitude yeah and uh one in particular story we were looking for a guy to run a night nighttime shift at a machine shop uh, we put guys on site to collect the scrap from their machines and dump them in the containers and whatnot so we needed a night shift guy and um we were down at the anchor eating lunch one day and this guy walked in to put in the application for part-time work looking for night shift work bartend do something and uh a, a guy that used to work for us who retired now he he asked him what are you looking for and asked him have you ever ran a forklift the answer was no have you ever worked in a machine shop before the answer was no hmm. and he basically said all right well you're hired we're going to give you a <laughs> shot and i'm awesome. sitting there going he's he he is your and i've told this he still works for us today obviously i told him i said I told Ken that he's your problem. If he has to get a call at midnight to wake up and go help you, he's going to call you and not me. So, um, nevertheless, the guy had a great attitude. Uh, they quit the night shift deal, so we brought him over to the yard and taught him how to buy scrap. And now he's running our logistics of 18 to 20 drivers a day and is, you know, an employee that anybody would want that would, you know, bleed orange, we say. Um and, and it's a great asset and he you know you throw stuff at him he's going to catch on to it and and that's just one example that we have but you know if you can get that buy-in from 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 your team and that culture then um like i said you'll grow and then the possibilities are endless so that's amazing yeah i love hearing those types of stories and you know what i'd like to understand from you, or if you can kind of just describe, what are some of the resources and tools that you use um, to overcome the challenges that you have or to make you successful? Um, you you yeah. mentioned marketing earlier, but what other types of things? You know, just getting our name out there, doing chamber events, uh, obviously been difficult this past year, but, you know, any way you get your, your name out there, chamber events, when we first started, we've always did the uh, the Wichita Industrial Trade Show every year comes to town. And then we also do, uh, what's the chamber event? The chamber exposure event, um, any chamber events that we can get ourselves involved with. The Wichita Industrial Trade Show is another one that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. The, the, the national organization that we do is uh, it's called ISRI, and it's the Institute for Scrap Recycling Industries. Hmm. And you know that's where we build relationships with our buyers and other scrap owners and executives from all over the country. We meet with them probably twice a year, and I've built quite a quite a few friendships in that. And you know you can go tour other guys' yards and see how they do it, get your name out there, um, things like that. So there's quite a few different ways to, ways to do it, but you, you just got to jump in with both feet and don't be afraid. Jump in with you both feet. To. Yeah. No tiptoeing, huh? <laughs> I love that. So you've talked about a lot of your successes and you just jumping in. What do you see um, or where, I should ask, do you see the organization in five years? You know, hopefully cover, covering the whole state of Kansas, um, buying scrap, processing scrap, um, you know, taking, taking our success and our formula that we've uh, accomplished here in Wichita and spreading that out. Um, like I said, we're in Newton and Harper. Salina, January 1, will be in. Um, 
Salina also operates a, a trash business, so we'll get into the trash business. Mm-hmm. Um, so opportunities are endless, kind of like I said. Um, you know, maybe it's a, another landfill down the road. Um, you know, maybe it's more locations uh, in western part of Kansas, northern part of Kansas, maybe in the Kansas City, or even Oklahoma. So um, we, we, we've looked at things, but, you know, like I said, opportunity is not right. You don't want to grow too fast. And, um, you know, we're still to the point where I can – tell you every employee's name mm-hmm. and that's the fun of it and you know when you get too big and you can't do that anymore um it, it's a big jump to take and i think we'll at the size we're at we'll we'll roll with it for a little bit but in five years who knows nothing's off the table so gotcha yeah so fun question for you mm-hmm. if we were to write your biography what would be the title of the book for a biography yeah or a movie. Or a movie. <laughs> oh man, I'm not not the actor, so it's got to be a biography. Um, <laughs> to have to do something with scrap, you know, um, starting scrap from that. starting from scrap, <laughs> scrap that, something like that. So nice. we just call it junk, you know. I don't know, but uh, any like I said, scraps in my blood. So um, you know, th- those are, those are some books that I have read. Um, just guys' story of, of how they got started and things like that. So anything to do with scrap. Would you be interested in writing a book and t- talking about scrap and how you how it began in Wichita, Kansas? I think so. Yeah, I, I definitely would. I mean, there's a lot of history in it here. Um, you know, a lot of guys that, that came from overseas or fought in World War II and their grandparents. I mean, there's some some interesting stories here. The, just one off the top. Bernie Novick was a guy I never never got to meet him. Uh, our, our dads did. But he had his numbers tattooed on his arm from Auschwitz, and oh, wow. mm. the the stories that you'll hear from him and how he how he him and his wife both escaped and moved here and sold scrap and rags and everything to get started and and uh, we do work with a guy who had dinner with him and his wife went over to his house one night and had this brass figurine in his living room it was like a sculpture you know maybe like a, an animal or something and his wife goes did that come in the scrap. And he told her everything in this house came from the scrapyard. <laughs> so, uh, you know, to hear stories of like that and how nice. it started here in Wichita and the relationships those guys had and and to where it is today and the consolidation that we've kind of done, uh, like I said, it's pretty special. So I, I definitely, maybe I could write a book one day if things slow down, but All right. we'll see. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Excellent. Um, you, you mentioned about hiring for attitude, and it just makes me remember Jeff Turner. Uh, he he was talking one day and he said that's what he does. He hires for attitude, trained for talent, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you do. So I mean, Jeff is a, I mean, he's a longtime leader here. Yeah, and it's just it's nice when you hear reminders. You know, what they say is true. You know, yeah, and it works. You know, and that's what I and I actually adopted it. And I've I've tried to do that. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. I feel like it worked. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I, I too think that's one piece of advice for any small business owners or anybody. Pick up on these I, little ideas from, you know, the Jeff Turners of the world or whoever it may be. Um, go to these local chamber events, these, you know, listen and learns and um, that's where you pick up on and kind of build your book of ideals and whatnot and put them in your memory bank. So, little birdie told me that uh, 
you folks are really invested in the honor flight here in Wichita. Can you share that story? Yeah. Uh, it was probably five years ago. Um, Chris and Pat Leon, Pat is the mother of Chris, uh, came into the scrapyard one day and were looking for a place for, you know, anybody, the general public to drop off aluminum cans and scrap. And the, the, the profits generated from that would go to Kansas Honor Flight. Uh, without hesitation, we said, sure, you know, we'll do it. Why not? It's very easy for us to, you know, take your can to weigh it and, and put it under the Candace Honor Flight name. And once a month, Pat would come to the yard, collect the envelopes. I can guarantee you she has the exact numbers of what the first envelope was. You know, it might have been a hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks or something. Um, till this day, she still comes to the yard every month and, it, and it's grown to about, you know, There'll be months where she gets $800 a month. There'll be months where she gets $1,200 a month. And $700 uh, is enough money to send one veteran on a flight to D.C. Uh, round trip. Um, so that was always our goal. So we've been doing that for about five years now. And um, uh, we did one big fundraiser for him a few years back where we, you know, I think we raised about $15,000 with the help of, you know, the people we do business with, um, different uh, manufacturers around town, other scrap dealers that we deal with around uh, the state of Kansas. So um, that's kind of our our go-to charity, if you will. And all that is because of Chris and his inspiration that he gave me. Um, every time he comes in the yard, I make sure I say hello mm -hmm. if I'm there. Um, just, just scrapping cans is something that uh, him, his mom made him adopt, and it's something that we've adopted with him. And to be able to to help him out, and to help the Kansas Honor flight out, whether it be a, a, a truck in a parade or someone bringing their cans in, um, it, it's taken a lot of notoriety and a lot of people buy into it and collect cans and bring them to us. Um, and, and heck, some people will just come in just to donate money to them. So it's pretty special. And to be a small piece of that, you know, Chris always wants to thank us for it. But I, you know, I always thank him for what he does because mm -hmm. without him, you know, we wouldn't be able to do that. So um, it's pretty special. Pretty That's special. pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, just somebody coming in off the street and asked you to do that, and you could have just did it once and been done. Yeah. It's five years later. Do you have any idea how much you've raised? I knew I should have looked that up before I came here. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> Pressure. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you it's probably over $30,000. Wow. And I, and I know Pat's emailed me that, um, but I, I want to say it's at least $30,000. Over thank the years, you. yeah, thank you. yes, it, thank it, you. It, 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 it's a blast, and we we enjoy it. And you know, we've we've painted can, camouflage containers and and decal them with the Honor Flight logo. We've gave guys hard hat stickers with the Honor Flight logo and T shirts and things like that. So, um, it's fun. It's just fun. We enjoy it. Cool. Yeah. Going to do a end this with a quick word association. Okay. Uh, got about five of them. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Hit me with them. Mentor. I have to say my dad. Wichita. Opportunity. Vacation. Somewhere warm. <laughs> <laughs> Chamber. Small business. Beverage. Bourbon. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we like to be real here on this yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. Well, I appreciate your time, Clint. It has absolutely been an, uh, an amazing time I, to I be here with it. you and learn more about your story and the organization at all metal recycling yes yes i yes. can't wait for my tour 
Don't forget, Seriously. listen, Clint, when I call you, do not act like you don't know who I am. I, okay. I am there every day, even Saturdays. And all right. Uh, you and guys your are, shredder you guys, uses, you guys are all welcome. Your shredder uses electricity, right? Yeah. Can we cut a deal on that? Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know about cutting deals. I think now <laughs> it's time to cut yeah. the podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll do, yeah, let's just cut it off, right? Uh, off the record. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you for everything. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, for thank this exciting guys. edition of the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator. Please make sure that you subscribe and please leave a review for us. Let us know if you enjoyed it and possibly leave some ideas for our next podcast. Have a great one. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.